choosing the Abide College Ministry podcast. If this is your first time listening, we want you to know that you are loved. Wherever you're listening from, we hope this message inspires and challenges you. Now here's a message from one of our leaders, Hunter Story. We love you so, so much. We're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for what you're doing, Lord. And we just believe wholeheartedly that you want to speak something so special into our lives, into our hearts tonight. I don't know why. I believe more than ever that you have something special in store for us tonight, Lord. I love that you love to meet with your people. That no matter what valley we're walking through or what circumstance we have, no matter what baggage we've brought in to tonight, that you still want to meet with us. So I pray that you would teach us by the power of your word, Lord, that you would transform us to look more like your son, Jesus, Lord. I thank you just so much for this opportunity each and every week to come in and out, Lord, to worship you with your people. We love family. We love community. We're so expectant tonight, Lord. We love you. We love you. We love you. It's in your holy and precious name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. so much uh, for being here uh, tonight. Yeah, you can go ahead and flip uh, the lights on. That would be great. I'm actually going to move this table out of the way if that works for y'all. And I'm going to get my other table. So yeah, can you, can you hand me that, Kelsey? That would be fantastic. You are the bomb. Give it up for our worship team for always leading so well. Yeah, thank you so much. So welcome to Abide. If it's your first time, you're a very, very, very special guest, and uh, we are so excited uh, that you are here tonight. I'm super pumped for this series uh, that we're about to start. It's called A Place to Call Home, um, and I'm so excited just for uh, just knowing what, what home means for me. Uh, being a commuter, I still get to live at home, and so um, I'm thankful for that in some ways that I still uh, live uh, with my parents um, and whatnot, but uh, when I love that at the end of my day, especially like on Tuesday, Thursdays, I have class till like pretty much all day till like five. And so I love that I can leave uh, from class and then uh, go home and I can walk into my house. I can lay down on my couch. I can watch my TV and I can just be at my place. You know what I'm saying? Like that's why some of you probably hate your dorm room because it's just not home. You know what I mean? You can add all the decorations and all the pictures and all that stuff, but it's still not home. And many of you probably hopefully made it home for spring break. If, if you had spring break this last week or if you have spring break coming up, you'll get to be home. And there's just something special about coming home or being at home. Am I right? It's just there's something special there. And I think that the, that's the case for a couple of reasons. I think the first, thing that makes, the first thing that makes home so comfortable is the atmosphere. You can walk into your home and you can just relax because this place belongs to you. Or maybe it belongs to your parents, like in my case, it doesn't really belong to me, but I'm, I'm going to claim it because it's still mine. You know what I'm saying? So you can walk in, I can walk into my house and I can relax because I know, like, this is my place. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can do whatever I want here. Like, I can be myself here. And this is my place. This is my home. And so that's one reason that home is so special because it's a place, the atmosphere just says, this is where you belong. You can be here in this place. I think the second thing hopefully that makes home so comfortable, is the people who make up the home. You know, I love that I can walk into my house, I can sit on my couch, I can watch my TV, watch whatever show I want to watch, but most importantly, I get to be with my people. You know what I mean? There's something special about being home with your parents or being home with siblings, and you can just be with your people, and, and you just connect with them in different ways just because, because you have this 
this connection through blood. And that's something that's so special. And one thing we want to talk about over these next couple of weeks is how what we are sitting in tonight should be no different than the way we view the home. But the reality is, is that some of you, you come from homes that are completely broken. And you come from homes that are completely divided. Um, and what I want to tell you tonight is don't let what you know to be true about home and family define for you what God says is true about home and family. Because just because you came from a place of brokenness or just because you came from a place of division or just because your idea of home and your idea of family is sort of messed up and sort of twisted, don't think that that's what God says about family. Because what God says about family is something that's completely different. Over the next couple of weeks, what we want to do is just walk through those ideas and say, what does God say is true about community? What does he say is true about family? What does Jesus think about his people and the connection that his people should have? We believe that abide is a home. And hopefully it's a place for you uh, to come and you can be safe here. And you can feel like you belong here. And you feel like you can be yourself here. Because one, because of the atmosphere that you walk into. And two, because of the people that make up this community. That's our heart and prayer. And that's something I pray for every week is that people would walk into this space and feel like this is a place that I can call home. Like we were sitting in a living room. It's the idea, uh, there's one ministry that I really like. They call it a couch culture, which says a ministry where you can just walk in and you can sit on the couch and you can just, it's a ministry where you can just be with one another like you're sitting on a couch talking with your mother or your father or a different sibling. That's, that's what we want to build here is this attitude that says we belong because one, the atmosphere says that God is here and two, because the people of God are in this place and they fill this place week in and week out. And it's not about this space, it's not about this building, but the atmosphere and the people. And that's why I hope and prayer uh, for Abide. And we're going to talk about that over the next couple of weeks. I want to share just for a second about what you're sitting in because it's a, it's a really cool story. Um, Abide started, I would say, before even Abide started, we had a Bible study that met with a handful of college students, many who are in the room tonight. And I would say, what was it, like five or six or seven of us that met? Uh, and it was so crazy. I think there's a picture, if you can find that picture there's a group of, that's most of us, and like I said, there's just a, just a handful of us. We ended up taking um, a beach trip. Uh, two, that was two summers ago, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's been, been a while. This is uh, another picture. Go back to that beach picture for just a second. This was kind of the group that was here, I guess, from the beginning, because this, uh, yeah, this was after my freshman year of college, and we had just started the Bible study my freshman year, and what Abide was was, I don't even, we didn't even have the name Abide yet, but it was a Bible study that met with just that handful of people and uh, maybe a couple others every Sunday night at five o'clock. And what we did is we would meet in a home of a lady who's on staff at our church, and we would go through this Bible study together. And then after the Bible study, we would come and w- there was just a few amount of us where we could sit at this one table together. And we would eat a meal at this table together every Sunday night, week in and week out, just a handful of people. And what I love about that is because what you're sitting in now started in a home. But the reality is, is it should be no different. But yeah, we've grown out of that space, but the same thing should take place. And what Abide was, was a handful of people that just said, I'm going to be faithful not only to God, but I'm going to be faithful to the people of God. And every Sunday night, I'm going to walk into this space. I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to open up my life, and I'm going to ask God to come into my life and to, and to allow what he's doing in my life to come out in my relationship with other people. And, and eventually it turned into that. I think in that room that night, there was around, around 15 or 16 of us. That's the home that we met in. That's the living room that we were in. Noah, if many of you know Noah Madden, maybe you don't know him, but he was, uh, 
he uh, led Abide uh, before me uh, last year, and uh, he ended up leading that Bible study, and it grew to about 15 or 16 people um, in this home, and that's a that's a, a blurry picture that I was lucky to find of just us, and it's just an example of what happens when people are faithful to God and faithful to the people of God, and that's what a home's about, walking into a place saying, I've got your back no matter what. I'm committing to you no matter what because, because I love you. And that's what, that's what we're sitting in is a story that says, I'm going to be faithful to God and be faithful to other people. And that's at the core what family is all about. And that's what home is all about, this idea where, where we just get to be with one another. And that's what I loved about those Sunday nights. I, I'm, I miss, as, much, as great as these nights are, there's nights where I miss those nights of just walking into a space with a handful of people that I knew loved me and I loved them. And we could just share our stories together and share our lives together. But the reality is, is no matter what this were to ever grow into, the atmosphere and the people should never change. And those are the two things that make up family. It's not necessarily a space. It's not necessarily material or things that you necessarily talk about, per se, but it's about the atmosphere of God being in a room and the people of God filling that room. And so what you're sitting in tonight, is, in my belief, is, is, a, is a home and it's a family. And so we hope over the next few weeks that you'll see that abide is a place for you uh, to call home and for you to call family. The definition of family, there's a couple definitions that I like. The first definition is uh, a family is all of the descendants of a common ancestor. That represents us so well as, as Jesus people. We should be people with one common ancestor and that ancestor is Jesus. What was so great about the group of people the group of people you saw, the reason Sunday nights were so significant because at the bottom, the baseline of all of our beliefs was this one thing in common. We loved Jesus. And we wanted to see Jesus do something in our hearts and, and, um, and in the time that we met uh, together. And so that's the common thing for every family. A successful Christian community at the bottom of it says, we're about Jesus. That we're, we have something in common. And there's so many of us in this room tonight, and we have different interests and different personalities and different tendencies. But at the bottom, this attitude of, I want Jesus. The other definition is a person or people related to, to one, and so to be treated with special loyalty or intimacy. That's exactly what this should be, a place where you love on people because of the love that has been shown to you, and we have this thing in common. We have this thing that, that we're related in, and that's Jesus and what Jesus has done for us on the cross and through his resurrection, how we have salvation in Jesus and we've been loved by Jesus. And because of that, we start to love other people intimately and we start to get into the mess of other people's lives and we start to walk through the valleys with other people and we're loyal to them and, and we're, we have intimate relationships with them because we have one thing in common, Jesus. It never changes. No matter what happens in the life of a church, in the life of a ministry, the atmosphere and the people never change because their eyes are on one common ancestor, one common thing, and that is Jesus. Family is, I love family. My, uh, I feel like my family story is, is I, I love it. I, and I also understand that many of you, as I mentioned earlier, you have stories that are messed up when it comes to family. And what I want you to know is that just because your version of family was kind of messed up, that that doesn't mean that's the way God defines family. And God says there's things that are true about family. Family should give us direction. Family should tell us the truth. Family should fill us up. Family should lift us up. Family sacrifices. Families close together. Hopefully some of you get to experience that in your lives. But just because you didn't, don't let that define what family is to you. If you have a Bible, open up to John uh, chapter 10. That's where we're going to spend all of our time tonight. I'm really excited about this passage
But like I've been saying, the best communities share one thing in common, one goal and one desire, to look, love, and live like Jesus. When Jesus is our foundation, we share the greatest love in common. Have you ever noticed how you can be sitting in a room and you can, be, you can have so many things in common with the people you're sitting with? I notice this so much in my life with some of my, some of my friends that you can have uh, so many things in common, so many interests and such similar personalities, but there's this huge gap. And for some reason, that gap is just there. And what that gap really is, is that one of you has Jesus and the other one doesn't have Jesus. It's incredible. I was uh, with some friends last night and uh, one guy who I, uh, I, I just met last night and we were talking uh, after we had met and been hanging out for a little while about how incredible it is that for some reason when people of Jesus just get together and meet for the first time, they act like they've been friends forever. Why is that possible? It's only because of Jesus, that one thing in common. Many of you have probably experienced that in your life. And Jesus is the common goal, the common desire of all of family. But here's what we need to know about family. The, 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 one of the best things we need to know about family is tonight. Family isn't secret. Family isn't closed. But it does have a door. The home isn't secret. This home isn't secret. This home isn't closed but it does indeed have a door. If you look in John 10, this is Jesus speaking. This is what he has to say. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying. This is an illustration that Jesus used often when he was referring to his, his people as sheep. And that's not a good thing. We all know that, that, that when Jesus refers to his people as sheep, he's, it's kind of an insult, kind of a jab at them because sheep weren't, weren't very smart and they had to have a shepherd to lead them. It says in verse 7, so Jesus says to them again, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. This home isn't secret. This home isn't closed, but it does have a door, and that door serves a couple purposes, and it's a good thing that the home and the family of God has a door, because what does the door do? The door lets us in. The door is the thing that lets us in. The first uh, thing you should see at a house when you pull up the house is usually what? The, the door, the front door. That's the door you walk in. There's all, or at least there's always a door you walk in. I know at my old house, we always walk through the, like, the side door. We never use our front door. But usually it's the front door, and you pick out a nice front door when you get your house, right? And it's going to be a cute little front door, and everyone's going to see that front door. And that's where they're going to walk up on the porch and walk in, right? The door is what lets you into the home. We all know that. We all recognize that. And, that, and that's the same thing in the family of God and in the home of God is the door is what lets us in. What does Jesus say about himself? He says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. You never get into the home without walking through the door. The door is what lets us in, and we know from this passage that that door is Jesus, but what doesn't let you into the home is what we need to figure out, because there's some things that we think let us into home, and we think let us into family, and we think let us into community, and they really don't. So one thing is your works will never lead you into the home. 
Your works will never lead you into the family of God. And we can sit in this room tonight and we can believe that we can work really hard and we can do a lot of good things and we can get on some nice stages and we can talk about a lot of cool things, but we will never earn our own way into the home because that door is Jesus. And we can't get through Jesus by, by looking at our own works. Our works will never lead us into the home. Another thing that will never lead you into the home is your money. Your wealth will never get you into the home. This isn't the type of home that you can pay to get into and get a tour. This is the type of home you, you get in for free and you get to stay. You can't buy your way into this home. Your fame, your popularity, your family heritage will never get you into this home. It's not a secret group. It's not a closed group. But it does have a door. And that door we see is Jesus. And so what I love about this family and home is that everybody is on the same level. We all show up in the home at different times. And we all show up to the home in different ways, but we all have to go through the door to get inside. We all have to go through Jesus to get inside of the home, and we all come in level. I love that, that, that the, the, the ground is level at the foot of the cross, that idea that we all approach the cross of Christ in the same way that none of us come in at different levels or, or in different forms. We might get there at different times, but we all, the ground is all level at the foot of the cross. And so when we approach Jesus, when we approach the home of Jesus, the people of Jesus, the communities of Jesus that we walk into, we're all level. We're all on the same page. And that's what you walked into tonight. And some of you have a lot of church experience and some of you have hardly any church experience. And the reality is, is that we're all equal and we're all level. But, and we got to the door at different ways and we got to the door at different times, but we've all been led in by the same door. And so Jesus is the one who is leading in, us into this home and leading us into this family. Jesus is the only way in. And so if you, look at a, if you look at Jesus' people, if you look at what God builds in families and you're wondering what's different and if you're wondering how to get in, you know that the only way in is through Jesus. He is the door. But why do we have to go in by the door? Why is the door the only thing that lets us in? Jesus uh, definitely addresses that. He says that there's going to be people who don't go by the door and those people are thieves and robbers, but the one who comes by the door is the shepherd. This is, like I said, this is an illustration that Jesus uh, use, uses often. I love what Jesus uh, is really setting up here. He says in verse 3, To him the, uh, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. So the sheep hear his voice, and what is significant is he knows his sheep by name. And you, you've walked into a place tonight, and you might feel like someone missed you tonight, or that people didn't recognize that you were here tonight, or no one really re referred to your name tonight, or no one called you out. But what I can guarantee is that the home you're sitting in is that Jesus hasn't missed you. The door hasn't missed you. The door knows that he lets you in tonight. And he knows everything about you. He knows everything about your story. He knows everything about your situation. He knows everything about your circumstance. He knows everything about the valley that you're walking through. And he doesn't just call you by a, a number, but he has a name for you. And he calls you by that name. And he knows your name. And he knows everything about you. Because that's the way the shepherd relates to his sheep. It's not just a flock. And for, for us, we're not just a family to Jesus, but we're individual people that make up an entire community. And that's what Jesus has to say about us. He says here that the shepherd calls out to his sheep by name. And what happens? The sheep hear his voice. I love that intimacy. That it's this idea that we all have different callings and we all have a different purpose in life. And so we're all kind of being called out individually. But what I realize is that when God calls me individually, he's calling me with the people of God. 
I think of the story of Elijah where Elijah thought that he was the only one who was serving the Lord and the Lord says, no, dude, like there's 7,000 others who still call out my name. And it's kind of that idea that you might think you're on your own and then since we are on our own and Jesus calls us individually by name for a specific purpose, for specific passions, but we're being called with the family. And so he calls each sheep by name, but at the same time, he's calling the entire flock. Isn't that impressive that Jesus does that? And he's, he, he calls each and every one of us individually, but he's calling the entire family. And we can trust and know that our shepherd uh, is a good shepherd who knows our names, and we trust him because he knows us. And we love that. And there's this intimacy there with the shepherd. But the thing about the door is the door is the first thing you see in the home. The door is what lets you in. The door is what leads the way. Jesus says to them in verse 7, so, says, so Jesus said it to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and find pasture. So that's what's waiting for you at the door. If you're, if you're wondering, should I enter into this family of God? Should I enter into this community of God? Because a lot of times we like to sit from the outside and we like to observe the people of God or we'll come in to a place of worship like this and we might be in the middle phys- physically in the room, but really our heart's on the outside and we're kind of watching from a distance. And maybe you're wondering what's going to happen if you were to buy into the family of God. Or maybe you're wondering what would happen if you bought into the home of God or what you're sitting in now, a community of God. And the reality is what we walk into is a place where we find pasture. What it says here is it says that the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly. Here's the thing that we try to do. We think things like our sin or our shame or our doubt, those are the, our sin, shame, and doubt, those are the things that creep in other ways. They can't go through the door. And the reason sin, shame, and doubt can't go through the door is because those things can't get through Jesus. So what do they do? They try to creep into communities like this. So they're going to try to crawl through the window or come up from under the house because they know that they'll never make it through the door because they see the one who's standing at the door. That's what Jesus says. In this passage, he talks about how if there's a hired hand, what he does is, is when he sees a wolf, he runs away. And then what happens is the wolf comes in and he snatches up all the sheep. But what does Jesus do? He stands at the door. And he lets us into the family. And what he's letting us into is so much abundant life. I think the greatest, some of the greatest forms of grace I've seen outside of my salvation are the people that God has allowed me to do life with. I love the grace that he has has shown us in, in, in putting us in places where people can love us. And what you need to understand tonight is a community like this, what I hope it looks like, what it should look like, is a place of abundant life where we celebrate life, where we celebrate love, where we celebrate joy because we're getting to do life with other people. This mentality of do life, share Jesus, where we just get to walk in in life with one another and we get to share Jesus in the middle of that. And I believe that's what he's talking about when he says, I came so that people could come out and have abundant life so they could find the pasture. That's what a home is. It's just like when you walk into your house and when you walk into your house, there's this sense of rest that you can just rest here and you can be here and you can be comfortable here and you can be safe here. Why is that not us? Why are we not like that? Why is this not a place where people walk in and say, I can be safe. I can relax. I can be myself. I can bring my baggage. But we have to know is our sin and our shame and our doubt, they can't make it through the door because the only thing that Jesus lets in are his followers and that sin, shame, and doubt, they have to stay on the outside. So Jesus is the door. He lets us in. And our shepherd has come to give us abundant life. But here's the thing, is we're all the time searching for that abundant life in different areas. 
and you've got your sin and you've got your struggles and you've got your own, your own things that you deal with just like I have the things that I deal with. And what we see happen is those are those thieves and those robbers. It's like where, where Satan comes, he comes to steal and kill and destroy. And what he does is we like to give Satan just little pieces of our life and we like to give him these open doors and these open opportunities so that he can come into our life. And we believe that in that moment, what's, what's going to happen is that he's going to give us some kind of abundance. Like, he, like participating in some kind of sin is going to bring us real joy. And what Jesus says, no, what that's coming to do in your life is to steal from you, to kill you, and destroy you. But what Jesus says is, I'm coming to give you life. If you're questioning Jesus, pay attention to that truth tonight. If you're questioning, should I trust Jesus? See what he has to say about sin and see what he has to say about himself. Sin comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Why give yourself to it? Why even act like some of it's okay? You know, we try, we try to handle our, our, our sin. We try to like keep it at a minimal and we think we can control that if we're only letting a little bit of it into our life. Why do that? Because all Jesus says that it does is it comes to steal from you, kill from you, and to destroy you. But he has come to give you abundant life. But we always think that what Jesus wants to do is to take from us. He's not like that. If you think that Jesus is trying to take from you, I dare you to give him your life. Open up your life to him and see that all he's trying to do is provide joy in your life. Is he going to lead you through valleys? Yeah, absolutely. Is he going to lead you through tough circumstances? Absolutely. Why? So that you can have abundant life. Jesus is at the door. Jesus is who lets us in. And what we get to see is when we walk into this home, is that's a place of community. It's a place of, of oneness. It's a, it's a place of unity. What he says here uh, in verse, if you'll look down in verse um, 16, he says, And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life and I may take it up again. One flock. And that's what we walk into. When we walk into a place like tonight, this is a place of oneness. That we all look different, act different, talk different. Our personalities are different. Our interests are different. We come from a lot of different backgrounds, but there is something in common. And what is that? That we have the same shepherd. And the same Jesus that's speaking into your life is the same Jesus that's speaking into my life and the same Jesus that's leading us in the same way and the same one that's calling us by his voice. And we all hear the same voice of the same shepherd because we have the same ancestor. That's what family is. That's what I loved about our community that met on Sunday nights was this common ground of we're all different, but we all love Jesus. And putting it out there and, and letting Jesus do something in our life. The door lets us in. The door also does something significant. The door keeps us safe. Do you all lock your door at night? We all lock our doors at night. That's just, that's just natural for us to do. We, we understand that someone could break through a window, right? We get that. We really don't do a lot about that. But we're definitely going to lock the door. Why? It's the main entrance. And I love that Jesus is our, the door that lets us into community, into the home. But he's also the door that keeps us safe. He says here um, in verse, uh, starting in verse 11, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who does not own the sheep sees the wolf coming and he leaves the sheep and flees and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. He keeps us safe, and that's why we trust him. And if you don't trust people in this room tonight, I get that. I hope you will. But who you can trust is Jesus. He is the guard at the door. 
and he's not going to let anything in that can hurt you. Is he going to lead you through valleys? Yes. Is he going to lead you through trials? Yes. Psalm 23 talks about that, that he is our shepherd who leads us through valleys. We get that. We understand that. But he's trying to keep you safe. Will he allow you to get hurt? Yeah. Will he allow you to go through tough trials? Absolutely. But he's trying to keep you safe because the safest place you could be tonight is among people that love Jesus. And so many of you, the reason that your walks with Jesus are so scattered and so all over the place is because you don't have community around you that pour the love of Jesus into your life. You surround yourself with decent people and good people that have good morals and they have good intentions, but they, they're not Jesus people. Because Jesus people keep you safe. At least they should. But the reality is, is I know many of you, you've been burned out by church people because church people have hurt you more than any other people in the world. But Jesus keeps you safe. He's the guard at the door. He has the door locked. And he only opens it when he wants to. And he only lets people in when he wants to. He only lets things in when he wants to. He's the guard at the door. The door lets you in, but the door also keeps us safe. And that is why we can trust him. Even when we can't see him, we know he is the door and that he keeps the people on the inside safe. One reason we know that is because of what he says when he says that I know the sheep and the sheep know me. We know and we can trust that he is for us, he is about us, and he is keeping us safe. The door of Jesus lets us in, and the door keeps us safe. And so if you're questioning community tonight, what I want to challenge you to do is dive right in. Because what Jesus is building is something so intimate, and it's something so special, but it can only happen when you are willing to walk through the door and allow the door to keep you safe. Last thing, the door, this door leads to everlasting life. This door leads to everlasting life. Jesus is building a heavenly home. What does Jesus say? He says, I've gone to prepare a place for you. He's gone to prepare a forever home for us. And so one thing hopefully we can get behind is that he's building a home for us in heaven where he's going to dwell with us forever. And Maybe Jesus wasn't here physically tonight. I believe he was here, he's here by his spirit. But he's going to be there. And we're going to walk through that door. And we're going to walk into that home and we're going to know that we get to spend forever with Jesus. And he's that common ancestor, that bottom line. And everything that we're about and everything that we desire and everything that we want to see come to life. We won't get here without the door. The door lets you into family. The door lets you into community. The door also keeps you safe, but the door also leads to everlasting life. So many of you are standing at the front porch right now, and you're so worried if you should knock or not. And what I think Jesus would wants to say to us tonight, is I'm the door. You can trust me. You can trust me because I'm your shepherd, because I know you. I know your story. I know your heart. I know what you've been through. I know your background. I'm the one who's leading you. I'm the one who's for you. I'm the one who's come to give you abundant life. All that other stuff in your life, they've come to steal and to kill and destroy, but I've come solely to give you abundant life, everlasting life, and that everlasting life only comes when the door is open and we walk through the door and we know that that door shuts behind us and that when we're in a home of the people of God, we are safe. That's what Jesus is about abundant life. Giving and giving and giving and giving and giving. And maybe your families didn't do that, but the family of God should definitely do that. So there's a couple of us in the room, and we need to understand that we're kind of in two different parties. Some of us, we're in the family of God, but we need to start acting like family. 
And some of, some of us believe in Jesus, but we don't love people at all. And so so many some of us, we need to start loving people like we believe in Jesus. And we'll believe in Jesus and we'll post some cool things on social media, but we're not loving people. And so some of you, you're in the family, you're, you're in the home, you're, you're sitting on the couch in the living room, but you're kind of just sitting by yourself. And you're kind of just hanging out by yourself in your own little room, in your own little space. That's not what home's about. Home's about being together. So, so some of you need to get involved in the lives of other people. And honestly, you need to start walking through valleys with other people. And you start being there for other people. Some of you, you're standing on the front porch and you're not quite in that family of God yet. And you you see that Jesus' people are a little different. And you're, you're wondering what that is. You're questioning what that is. And the reality is what that is is the fact that they have something that you don't have and what they have makes a lot of difference, makes a huge difference. So how can you get into the family of God? He says here in, in verse 17, this is how, if you're wondering, how do I get in the family of God? How do I walk through the door that is Jesus? How do I get into this place to call home? It says in verse 17, for this reason the Father loves me. I love that. He says, this is why my Father loves me. Because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord and I have the authority to lay it down and I have the authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. And what we need to know tonight is because of what Jesus has done for you on the cross, your sin and your shame and your doubt can't walk through the door that you're about to walk through. And they've got to stay on the outside of the door. Why? Because they don't have authority to walk into the home because Jesus is the one who says, who gets to walk in the home. He says, you get to walk through the home. Your baggage can't. You've got to leave that at the door. And when you walk through the door of Jesus, you're a new person. And the way you get to be that way is by believing and receiving. And what Jesus has done for you on the cross when he, when he died for your sins and was resurrected on the next day, and that's what we're believing and receiving. We can talk about a lot of different things, but at the, the bottom of everything has to be that, that we believe that Jesus died for us, that he laid down his life on his own accord, but then again, he also picked it up. And he has the authority to do that because of the power of God that he has in him. He can do that. And some of you, you need to get around to believing that. And you start trusting in that tonight, that Jesus died for you. And that's the only way that you're getting into the home. So stop standing on the porch. Stop standing outside. That's where the thieves and the robbers are. Get on the inside where you're safe, where you're secure, where you're headed towards heaven and headed towards forever with Jesus, our leader, our shepherd. I just think of being there with him. We're going to hear his voice, just like the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd. And we're going to know that's the one I'm following. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of people with us. I think we'll still be with family. I hope we are. And I can't wait to see my dad again. I can't wait to see my grandmother again. I can't wait to see my family again. But my shepherd's going to be there. I'm going to get to follow him and I'm going to get to be with him. and I'm going to get to dwell with him forever because he is the door that leads to abundant life. And some of you just need to start trusting in that night, believing that Jesus has died for you and that he was raised on the third day to let you into this family, to give you a place to belong. And some of you, you need to start being family to people. And you need to start loving people. We're going to respond here with a song. And I don't know what this time looks like for you, but I want to look like a family. And sometimes we cry in my family. 
And sometimes we share stories in my family. And sometimes we laugh in my family. And I think that is no different from the family of God. This is a place to call home, a place where you come in and you can relax and you can be yourself and you can trust that these people still love you and that Jesus still loves you. There's places for you to pray in this room. Use any of these rooms to pray in. Go to the back, come to the front. There's people who would love to pray with you. Grab people on your rows, grab people that are in the back and say, I just need someone to treat me like family, to treat me like I belong here. And some of you, you just need to grab someone that's been on your heart and you need to say, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to love you because that's what family does. That's what home's all about. And that's what Jesus is all about. It's, it's this one thing in mind that we begin to look, look, live, and love like Jesus. So some of you need to start acting like Jesus. Just because people are different than you, just because people act different than you, just because they have different interests, doesn't mean you can't love them. So some of you, start loving people like Jesus loved us. Start sacrificing for people like Jesus sacrificed for us. And some of you, put your faith in Jesus. He's the shepherd who's come to give you abundant life. He's trying to lead you into green pastures that will give you so much. So stop letting the thieves and the robbers steal, kill, and destroy. Stop letting them take from you. And I believe when we get behind these things, when we see the shepherd that we're following, when he starts to call us by his voice, we begin to follow him because we know his voice, because God knows us intimately, and we begin to know him more intimately, we're going to start to look like a home and not so much like a church. And when we start to look like that, we won't be, we won't be able to fit anyone in this room because we're all looking for a place to belong. And you know people who are looking for a place to belong. You know people who aren't here tonight, who are, their hearts are broken. Futures seem to be shattered, and you need to bring them alongside you. You need to say, I'm going to walk through life with you, because that's what my shepherd has done for me, so that's what I'm going to do for you. What part of you are you in? Are you standing on the front porch, waiting to get in, understanding that this, this door is the only door you can walk through is Jesus? Are you already inside, and you just need to start loving people? That's something for you to, to find out. This is a place to call home. A place where you can be yourself, where you can relax, and you can trust that people here love you and that Jesus loves you. Maybe you don't know, but one other person in this room, but I guarantee that there's people here who will pray with you, who will love you, and lead you towards Jesus. And I hope you'll be those people. And I, and that, I think that requires a big response from us, that we can't stay the same. Sometimes we walk in our homes and we get comfortable and we get relaxed, and those are good things. But we get comfortable in our home so we can be uncomfortable later. And so some of you, you need to walk outside the home and you need to start bringing people into the home. You start leading people in through the door, showing them who Jesus is. You guys know how you need to respond. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, thank you for being the door that lets us in, but also the door that keeps us safe. And I pray that we would know tonight that you are our shepherd, You call us by your voice. You know us intimately. And we can trust you because of that. So thank you for building a place that should look like a home. And so I pray over the next couple of minutes that this more than ever would look like a a living room where people just sit together and they share their stories together and they share their lives together because they know it's a safe place because you're here and the people of God are here. So Lord, over the next couple of minutes, show people where they're at. 
And I pray for the people that are on the porch that are waiting to walk through that door, that they would see that this is the door that leads to the family, and the family is the place that leads towards everlasting life. And I pray that they would take that step to walk through that door tonight by putting their faith in you, believing that you've died for them, that you've, you've been raised again, and by the power that you have, that you, have set, you can save them tonight. I just pray that they would put their faith in you. I pray that some of us begin to look more like you, and we would start to love the people on the inside. We would start to take care of the people on the inside. So Lord, just have your way. Speak mightily into our lives. Show us who we are. Show us who we need to be. And I just pray that you would create a a living room in here of people that just say, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to be with Jesus. I'm going to talk to Jesus. That's what he wants for me. Jesus, we love you. In your holy precious name we pray. Amen.